Hello and welcome. You are listening to Embodied Curiosity. In this show, we will explore self-compassion and holistic health through the lens of embodiment, intuition, nature connection, and neuroscience. I'm your host, Michaela, and I'm so excited for you to join me. In today's episode, I sat down and had a casual conversation with my good friend Angela about North and South Nodes in astrology. We explored what the lunar nodes actually are, physically speaking, and what they might represent. If you want to follow along, you can head over to astro.com to get your birth chart and find out what your North and South Node are. I love chatting with Angela about anything and everything, and I'm hoping recording our conversations becomes a more regular thing on the podcast. If you want to see more of Angela, you can check out her on YouTube. I'll put a link to her channel in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. So we wanted to talk about North and South Node. Cool. Yeah. So I'm just learning about North and South Node. And I learned that my North Node is Taurus and my South Node is Scorpio. Cool. And what's yours? Gemini and Sagittarius. So Gemini is your North Node. Yeah. Okay. And we were just trying to look up what does it mean, the North Node and South Node. Do you want to try to explain it? (laughs) (laughs) It was confusing a little bit. But what my understanding is that it's, uh, they're lunar nodes. So the lunar nodes have to do with the moon. And the moon is going around the earth and the earth is going around the sun. And there's some kind of relationship between the way the moon is going around the earth and where it meets with the place where the Earth is going around the sun. So where it meets the orbit of the Earth. How the moon's orbit crosses the Earth's orbit. Okay, so if I imagine the Earth's orbit is like a disc, and you're just cutting right through the sun, and that's where the Earth is orbiting. Mm-hmm. If you imagine the orbit as a disc, and then the moon's disc is just like five degrees mm-hmm. offset, but orbiting the Earth... So there's a place where they intersect, and that place makes a line, and the two ends of that line, which are the nodes, are where the moon's orbit intersects with the Earth's I don't orbit. even think you necessarily even need the lines to see where the um, nodes are, is the places where the, the path of the moon overlaps the path of the Earth. But you could, because the line is helping you point to if you look in the line in both directions out into the ecliptic or the, the all the stars around it, then you'll see which constellations. Oh, so the, the gotcha. notion is every 18 months that that angle slowly shifts as the earth moves and the moon moves. Mm. That like relationship between those two ovals overlapping mm-hmm. shifts. Gotcha. And it's every, it's like a cycle that changes every 18 months right so it'll be in one sign or i guess two signs in this case because it's pointing in both directions for 18 months right so and it's slowly moving actually over those 18 months and it might have i'm not sure if it has a retrograde motion or not oh that's a good point um i feel like it doesn't but but so uh, the other thing that we were looking at is the fact that um, where those nodes are is also where the eclipses happen, mm, which makes right. sense because that's the point at which the moon is right on the same ecliptic path as the earth around the sun. So they all can line up. 
And mm. you can either have it in front, the, the you can either have the moon between the Earth and the sun, or on the other side. Mm. Um, and then you have the lunar and solar eclipses. So with the nodes in the 18 months, that also corresponds to three eclipses in those signs. Wait, why is that? Oh, because six, it happens 12, in six months. Whoa. Yeah. Six, twelve, and eighteen. Crazy. Okay, and it so that one eclipse that happened that was like a really big deal in Oregon. That, that actually does happen more often, but that's just because of it. Just doesn't always cor- We don't always see it from Seattle. It's happening gotcha. everywhere on the Earth. I think somewhere. Yeah, but it just might happen in the Pacific Ocean or something. Right, and I think a lot of times I feel like they happen in Asia. There was one in Patagonia, right? Oh, that's right. In twenty twenty, yeah. I remember that because they were gonna do. I don't know if they end up doing that. Yeah. Festival or not. I think they did. Yeah, probably. Um, Cool. Okay, so the eclipses. Wow, I never thought about the math of that and how much that makes sense. So cool. And I feel like there's something special about the 18 years thing, or 18 months thing, sorry. But you did did bring up that if it's 18 months for that one sign combination. That's a year and a half per sign times 12 signs is 18 years cycle. So it's an 18-year cycle. Of going through all those pairs. And the pairs Mm -hmm. are always those complementary pairs. So for mine, Mm -hmm. the Scorpio is directly across from the Taurus. Right. And the Gemini is directly across from the Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. So every nine years, you'll have an opposition then, too. So you have the Mm -hmm. same pairs, but on the opposite sides. Oh, that is cool. Whoa. It's also interesting to me, what I'm thinking, is that it's going backwards. Because it was right, it's in Gemini sort of and now it's in Taurus. Yeah. So instead of going Gemini Cancer. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I wonder why that is. I guess that's just the, the motion of that elliptical. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that kind of makes sense. So there's this kind of like astronomical thing. Sure. Real thing happening. Sure. Um, and if you take the Earth and you draw a line to the moon... Or sorry, if you take the Earth and you draw a line to the node and then that line continues into space, mm-hmm. that's going to hit whatever constellation. So how mm-hmm. do you know which one's the north one? Is it actually in the north? I think that what we were just reading is it's the ascending oh, and descending. Oh, that's right. Okay. Which means when the moon is going above the sun slightly. Above the it, plane of the Earth around the sun, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess so. There was another image we were looking at that actually helped me a little bit because from the perspective of the Earth... You can almost think of the two ellipticals being right on top of each other. Yeah. And so from that perspective, when the moon appears to be going above the sun, right. that's yeah. ascending. And sure. when it appears to be going below the sun, that's right. descending. Right. And that point where it's moving from descending to ascending is the ascendant node or the north node. Right. That makes sense. And then the point where it goes from the ascending to descending is the south, south. node. Cool. Okay. I think that makes sense. All right. So in terms of like symbolism, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like you were the first one that told me about North and South Node when you were getting really excited about it. I don't know if that was like a couple years ago or I feel like it was a while ago. You were bringing up that your North Node is in Gemini and that the significance of me being your friend and that I'm in Gemini. Right. So tell me more about the significance of the North Node in your opinion. I don't know if it's helpful, but it's what's coming to mind mm-hmm. is that there's a whole, in Hindu Vedic astrology, there's all sorts of, I mean, sort of as an aside first, there's all sorts of stories with all these gods and goddesses mm-hmm. with, throughout Hinduism. Um, and uh, their, their Vedic astrology or their Jyotish has a lot of that as well in mm-hmm. there. And so there is like some stories 
with with the north and south nodes. Oh, cool. Um, and I will butcher it, so it would be cool for you to like look into it more another time. But mm-hmm. basically, there's a story about one of like the the battles. There's all these battles. Like Lakshmi is somebody who came out of one of these battles between like the gods and and demons. And someone I don't remember who it was like churning this great yeah. ocean mm-hmm. and was like trying to get all these things to come out to like help. And Lakshmi was one of the things that came out. So in, Whoa, one of, that's cool. in one of these battles, there was a great demon who was like a serpent, like a dragon kind mm-hmm. of, or, or a snake, or mm-hmm. I don't know, something like that. And one of the gods cut the head of, of this demon off to kill it. And the head of the demon is Rahu, which is the north node. And oh, the tail what? of the demon is Ketu, which is uh, the south node. And so they're considered different aspects of this demon, this like serpent that was killed. And I was just thinking as we were talking about the eclipses that like imagine these more, I don't, don't want to say primitive, but like these older cultures. And like you were at the eclipse, I wasn't, but like can you imagine experiencing an eclipse in your mind is going crazy like what the gods what have we done like we need to so like it makes sense that like these these eclipses times are like the rahu and they are the north nodes in a way Mm. so like the eclipse is like the north is like the head of the demon or the tail of the demon and there's yeah so there's some interesting stuff around that like the significance and that feeling Mm. of that that's a really awesome story to illustrate. So I can just imagine, yeah. yeah, like these these ancient peoples mm-hmm. and experiencing an eclipse and feeling like, oh God, it's like the demon is coming back or like mm. this like intense significance of this time. So yeah. there's a lot of potency. Mm-hmm. And um, in in astrology, they will say like within they call these eclipse cycles. The mm-hmm. node moving is the this eclipse season, mm-hmm. um, and then they'll say that during the eclipse is like a very potent time to manifest. Okay, um, and it's a time when you're actually supposed to be quiet and not being active you're the manifesting happens by like meditating Mm -hmm. and sort of like purifying yourself through like mantras and this is like hindu specific Mm -hmm. but but to like feel and i can imagine also like again i haven't been seeing the full total eclipse but i imagine it blows your mind it Mm kind of makes you like reorient yourself in the universe right Mm -hmm. and maybe if astrology if there is some actual validity to it there's some interesting neutralizing of forces or, Mm -hmm. or there's some kind of balance shift that's happening in Mm -hmm. that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a notion there of like harnessing that energy of the archetypes Mm. of those symbols to, um, transmute whatever you're trying to. So what I'm understanding is we have the nodes, which are just the place. It's Mm -hmm. literally the physical place where the moon switches from being, again below to above mm-hmm. or above to below but that's also where the eclipse has happened because that, it happens yeah. to coincide with right but that isn't where we switch to a new sign right it's just that point and wherever that yeah. point is pointing so the moon could sure. be somewhere else the moon could sure. be not on the node and the mm-hmm. node is still pointing at a different constellation mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we actually just moved into a new north and south node just the other day on right. january 18th mm. And now we are in 
Taurus North Node, Scorpio right. South Node. Right. But before, I was going to say, before we were in Gemini North Node and Sagittarius South Node. Mm-hmm. So then I'm thinking to myself, okay, what does that mean about the eclipse that happened a month ago or so? Mm-hmm. And that, that eclipse must have been either in Gemini or yeah, in so Sagittarius. Right. The next three eclipses will either be Scorpio and Taurus. Taurus or Scorpio. Okay. It's kind of sinking in now. Yeah. I think I'm getting it. Um, That video I was showing you, another person I was watching was talking about this cool idea of like the shapes themselves. So if you look at the North Node Mm. and the South Node shapes, they're like these Mm. little kind of curly U shapes. Yeah. Almost like a horseshoe. Yeah. And then we have the North Node, which is sort of like an upside down like an N? Like an N, maybe, yeah. yeah. And that, I think, represents sort of like an arrow, like the direction we're pointing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the south node, I think what she was saying was that it's sort of like a, a basket that holds oh. all of our karma. That's oh. what she was saying. So using that idea and maybe nice. what you know, we can start to explore, like, what is the meaning? It sounds to me like the south node is sort of like where you're coming from and yep. the north node is like where you're going. Exactly. So the idea is that we are, we can reincarnate and we have multiple lives and your south node is like your past lives. Like the, the pattern that you've come from and then the mm. north node is the new things mm. that you're exploring that are in the opposite direction. So we've talked actually earlier about how sometimes you have things and then you have your reaction to I'm trying to break this trend. Yeah. And then when you do it, you still do it on that same axis but in the opposite direction. Mm. Like I'm never, I've been an empath and I'm trying to be so sensitive and then I'm, I'm going to break this pattern. I'm done with it. Now yeah. I'm going to be callous. And yeah. it's like, those are still on this axis. Mm. Um, and so I think about these nodes and mm. these things, like the thing that we're trying to learn is still on the axis and it's the opposite complementary quality of everything we've done before. Whoa. I just had a little aha from that oh. idea of just like these different, um, spectrums in our life, like yeah. you're saying, the empath and the narcissist, yeah, yeah, for yeah. example, or um, I'm even thinking of like in selfishly in the context of my North and South nodes, yeah. how how I think of Taurus is like is comfort and mm. maybe in in some ways abundance, but it's sort of like this. When I think of Taurus, I think of like a really cozy cabin that yeah. has everything you need and it has Aww. like the bathtub is full and has bubbles you know it's Ooh, like everything's yes. cozy and you have like yeah. all this food to choose from mm-hmm. and the fire in the fireplace Ooh, yeah. it's like the pure coziness mm-hmm. and then I think of Scorpio I think of like <laughs> I don't even know how to describe a it dungeon but it, yeah it feels very like <laughs> dark and intense and shadowy and kind of, and very much the opposite of Taurus in a lot of ways mm-hmm. like uncomfortable yeah right <laughs> and how anyway and then how that shows up in my life what you're saying which is that almost like that tendency for me to force myself into all these uncomfortable situations sure. and to just almost accept or expect that life is going to be really challenging and hard and so much loss and transformation and drama and then like mm desiring or longing for this life of comfort and ease mm. <laughs> is sort of that axis you're talking sure. about. Sure. The phrase for um, Scorpio is still waters run deep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and so then going on the opposite side of it, how is Taurus the opposite? Maybe it's more boring surface level, mm-hmm. but it's like chill. And mm-hmm. and what would that feel like to have those yeah. kinds of relationships or daily occurrences? Yeah. I mean, what's coming up for me too is all the stuff we've talked about, about just relationships 
like romantic relationships and how even my past relationships, but also ancestrally, like the relationships of my parents and their parents and their parents and how there was a lot of that Scorpio energy. If yeah, in what you're saying, there's a right. lot of intensity sure. and and hot and cold kind of thing. And that yeah. was something that in my younger years, that was something that like I was drawn to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like. At least right now, and I hope it lasts as long as possible. I feel like now all I want is just like peace and ease, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. maybe at the expense of that excitement in a way, mm. yeah. but that it's almost like it's such a relief to finally just be having ease in a relationship and right. to be just like not having any drama, you yeah. know? So maybe that's kind of what you're speaking and to also, a little bit. Taurus is like a homemaker, so I could imagine, and there's like ruling like your possessions, mm-hmm. so like. I could see you manifesting a house oh, and yeah, like making nice. it, making it a homey place or have like raising family. Mm-hmm. There's like qualities of that. And maybe there's a, an aspect of that and boring, you know, because mm-hmm. you're not going out on crazy soul transforming adventures right. you know, and you're not trying to explode all the ideas of relationship or, mm. um, whatever, you know, that I feel like I've, we've done so much of mm-hmm. personally. <laughs> Well, so that if that one's my north and south node, yeah. and we're we're moving into that now as of January 18th, so we can talk about mm-hmm. that in a second. But I want to hear if you have any insights yeah. about yours, totally. because we were just in that for the last right. 18 months. Yeah, we were in the north node Gemini, south right. node Sagittarius, which is the one you were right. born in. Yeah. And so when I say that you were in that, what I mean by that mm-hmm. is that that's in your birth chart. So the the day you were born. Those were the north and south. Because, and I'm just doing the math here. It's because uh, I had a, I guess it would be like a north and south node return because it's an 18 year cycle and I was 36. Oh, whoa. And yours is coming up because now you're 36, right? It's sort of like, yeah. So it's sort of like a Saturn return, but it's every 18 years. You have a return for all the planets, for everything, except, you know, the out there ones. Mm -hmm. Pluto, maybe not so much. Yeah. (laughs) You'll die before then. Okay, so yeah, I've definitely looked a lot at, like, what the North and South and Gemini Sag mean for me. Um, And also, like, the house placement and all the other stuff. But, like, so Sagittarius um, and, and Gemini are very different from uh Scorpio and Taurus so Sagittarius is sort of like the wanderer and adventurer um the really worldly person who has a hard time staying put but also can be incredibly dogmatic and is like on the quest the epic quest to find the one truth the one like the monism that rules everything the one unifying thing that everybody has in common um, and now being on the opposite end of that same um, axis, Gemini is the person who kind of lives in the city, lives in a community, um, and maybe uh, sees that there's more than one truth, but mm. also can be two-faced. You know, people, Gemini is accused of being two-faced because they can see multiple sides. And maybe they're not on these epic quest that Sagittarius is on to have like deep philosophical truth and they're instead involved in everybody's daily dramas so Gemini would be accused of being a gossip Mm -hmm. um and so there's there's a similar quality I think um with Scorpio and Taurus and I think it's true like Scorpio is really intense and deep and Sagittarius Mm. in its own way is also like involved in this bigger picture like something that transcends the individual human Mm -hmm. and Taurus and Gemini are both like 
in their home or in their little community in their city just like dealing with daily life because the 12 signs are like a progression of the human evolution over your life yeah so the first six signs are like more internal and more of your life and you get to a turning point at um libra when you start looking outside of yourself and Mm. other people and thinking how do i fit into this larger picture in a way Um, so less superficial mm-hmm. in, in terms of the archetypes. I, mm-hmm. It's like hard to accuse any individual no, no, person you. of yeah. it. Just the things that they deal with. So, but the good side, so like, um, the good side of a North Node in Gemini, I suppose is, um, not like what I said is not believing or, or realizing that there is not one truth that mm. that is the one truth to rule them all. Like I feel mm. like I spent a lot of time in the past trying to find the one unifying thing that everything has in common. Gotcha, like yeah. wanting to find okay, like we all like really to me it was like trying to appeal to humanity like oh there's all these different religions but I think a lot of them fundamentally have the same core humanity of like wanting mm. to love your neighbor mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Um I had sort of a breaking of all of that where mm. I realized that like because I was living in a way where I was like, if I really believe in this wholeheartedly, that I'm going to give all of myself 110% to it. And then I realized that, like, it's kind of like the yin and the yang, that, like, you can never have just one end all the way. Mm. And there, it's like every, if you get to, like, a full 100% truth, and there's a way that it always breaks down. Mm. That's, like, some of what I realized that's, mm. like... Mm-hmm. Oh, or or another way to say it that I've learned is that things are are true within a certain context. Mm. And then once you're in a different context, then it's not necessarily true in that way again. And so I used to be able to go online and, and have like a beautiful, like, like a song with like one of the proverb or like a saying, you know, that's like an eye for an eye makes everyone blind, whatever. Yeah. And you're like, it used to be like, I was like, yep, that's absolutely true. And now I'm like. It depends. Yeah. Right? Like, sometimes wow. it's true, and sometimes, if in this other context, mm-hmm. it's not true. Mm-hmm. Or, like, a Sagittarius would say, there's one right and there's one wrong. If there's an argument, there's one person that's right, there's one person that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be clear as day. And Gemini is like, no, there's shades. Like, there's this person, and they have their desires, and this mm-hmm. person, they have their desires, and everybody's kind of a mix of all of those things. Mm-hmm. So it feels like the complexity, there's a... Um, for me, it feels like an evolution or like a growth to to find that. So that's how the North and South Node, in what they are for you, that's how for it me. felt like it's shown up for you. Yeah. So you're kind of like you're pointing towards in your lifetime. You're working towards these like better versions, these kind of higher aspects of Gemini, which are like seeing many sides. Sure. And and being really connected to people, mm-hmm. and maybe not like. I would say trying to overcome spiritual bypassing. Mm, mm-hmm. And I think that's actually in some ways true maybe for both Scorpio Sag versus Gemini Taurus is like I just said, like, yeah. um, oh, I need to live for the larger humanity. At what point are you like, well, what about day-to-day life? Like, what yeah. about like little interactions with people or like the little meals I have every day in the bubble bath? And like, what about those things? What if I can enjoy those as well? Mm having had a lot of past lives of like 
really struggling and like needing to go through these life and death transformations mm-hmm. or maybe even like as as a story archetype like going through civil wars or like mm-hmm. these huge rebellions and like needing to really stand up and revolt or whatever mm-hmm. and then in this life it's like what if i just want like the simple life of like the woman who lives in the cottage in the woods you yeah, know yeah. like what if i could just like what if not everything needs to be so incredibly transcendently like profound and deeply philosophical yeah. and it's just like chop wood carry water mm-hmm. it's just like well today i ate you know five oranges and that was really nice you yeah know? What about that that's also spiritual or it's also beautiful and profound in its own way? Exactly. And if we don't take care of our own selves, right. then we have no basis for these larger yeah. spiritual mi- missions and visions that we have. Right. So it kind of makes me think of like the Buddha finding the middle way because mm-hmm. like all the stories that he did, all of the stuff that was very very in some ways like scorpio or maybe sagittarius like really trying to find this one truth and doing all these intense ascetic things where he would like starve himself and like beat himself up and like Mm -hmm. really try to like transcend his body and Mm -hmm. it wasn't until he like kind of came back into his body and he and maybe the he was trying to find a balance and like the other end of coming back into the body is becoming so gluttonous like no face mm-hmm. in a spirited away yeah that was like super on the other end of like okay you've gone too far yeah um, so it's always that balance of like mm-hmm. coming back and nourishing both of those parts like nourishing the right. part of you that just needs the basics and those survival needs and mm-hmm. making sure that experience is being had because. We're here mm-hmm. on the physical plane. Mm-hmm. And then also attending to the spiritual aspects and the mm-hmm. more profound, larger, bigger picture aspects. Mm-hmm. But so that, we were just down a rabbit hole with <laughs> the Taurus and Scorpio, yeah. which uh-huh. is important because right now, as of January 18th, that's mm-hmm. what we're in. Right. But just for 18 months. So let's let's back, let's rewind a little bit mm-hmm. and just talk about... so. I heard your analysis on how it's shown up for you, but mm-hmm. for your north and south node, mm-hmm. which again are Gemini and Sagittarius, mm-hmm. what what do you think that looked like and felt like? How do you think that showed up in society as a whole over the last 18 months? And, you know, keeping in mind this idea that we read about or heard about that in some ways at the beginning of the 18 months, you start more with the south node energy and then moving towards the north node energy. The obvious things that come to mind um, is COVID and travel and how oh, things had yeah. to shut down mm-hmm. because Sagittarius is a very travel-oriented one, very oh, worldly. Yeah. Um, and with all of the COVID restrictions as well um, as shutting down travel and having to be in confined to local communities or even creating new communities online. Mm-hmm. That's an aspect of it. But the other aspect that comes to mind is the finding the one truth versus mm. understanding that it's complex and Ooh, that yeah. there's a lot of variables. Yeah. I, th- I also think like, as you're saying that a lot of what's happened, like the big shifts that I've seen in the way that we're using technology, I mean, mm. technology was already huge, but now mm-hmm. it just feels like yeah 10 times bigger like it feels mm-hmm. like everyone is doing zoom everything and, yeah and the connection is in some ways like there's more connection than ever because of mm-hmm. that right mm-hmm. because of the ease of connection yeah and that seems pretty gemini-esque in yeah, a way gemini is, is like by mercury and mercury is like communication yeah lots more 
activity on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that could be related. Okay, so then now but that now we're, we're moving. now that we're moving into Taurus Scorpio mm-hmm. and if we were let's say just to start with Scorpio energy mm. um yeah, so my what my mind is thinking like, okay, well, that means that if we're going to start with the Scorpio energy, we're going to be dealing with like I was saying that karma, like those looking into the places where we have wounds and traumas mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. unpacking a lot of that, mm-hmm. maybe going through some really big transformation where we like leave a job or a marriage or mm-hmm. make these big transformational mm-hmm. changes in our life. Make or break deep commitments, soul yeah. contracts. Does that sound Scorpio-esque? Yeah. Yeah. And then as we move through these next 18 months, which is more than mm-hmm. a year, mm-hmm. we're going to be moving towards Taurus. Maybe finding a new stability. Mm-hmm. maybe finding new daily routines or new ways to like nourish mm. i don't know yeah i mean that sounds cool i always get excited when i think about taurus yeah <laughs> maybe it's because it's my north mm-hmm. node but i just think it's like your lesson what are yeah. you trying to learn it feels like i feel like? i don't see much wrong with taurus yeah <laughs> but i don't know if that's the case it's probably shadowy sides to taurus stubbornness too. oh that's right yeah yeah and maybe there's a level of like boringness Sure, or yeah. like now, nah, so mundane that you're not able to like think about the bigger picture, right? Or so like clinging to your possessions. Okay, so what is after Taurus then? So if we go backwards, Libra and Aries. Aries. Okay, so it'll be Aries North Node mm-hmm. and Libra. Libra is like all about one to one relationships. Oh, um, Libra is very accommodating and balanced. Um, it's the scales, so it's a lot about like justice and law and mm, like fairness and stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. equality. Um, and it's your descendant in your chart, so it's like your partner. So it can be like romantic, but it can also be business partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Aries is like me first is mm-hmm. the first sign, and it's like. Whereas Libra is concerned about, sometimes can put them other people first to the detriment of themselves. Aries will do the opposite of gotcha. being me first, fuck everybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get ahead. I'm going to go as fast and as hard, kind of like fireworks exploding. Like, I'm going to just go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Well, that'll be interesting as a North Node. Yeah, but like, maybe it's a balance for people like us who put other people too much in front of ourselves Mm -hmm. so it could be a nice like coming back to like oh yeah i love me it is really cool because like this is obvious that it's been right in front of my face this whole time but just Mm -hmm. thinking about the archetypes that are right across from each other Mm. and i i don't know why it just never really clicked as much as it is right now how related they are and how that note or that spectrum of those two nodes whether Mm -hmm. it's you know, Gemini and Sag or Scorpio and Taurus and Uh Aries and Libra and thinking about like that they're, they're all on these, like almost the spectrum itself is an archetype, you know? Mm. So thinking about the, the archetype or the topic of truth and how, um, Sagittarius and Gemini Mm -hmm. both deal with truth, but they have like opposite perspectives on it. Yeah. Or with like Taurus and Scorpio both deal with, I don't know, like comfort or something Mm. maybe. (laughs) And, and Aries and Libra both deal with like self versus self versus other. Yeah. Yeah. I've imagined before like an image of like a teeter totter. Yeah. There's an aspect where we have something 
in common, mm-hmm. you know, and it's this, this axis that mm-hmm. we're navigating on. And in terms of like the Leo Aquarius one, it felt like Leo is like the star of the show and Aquarius is the director. It's Ooh, like, I'm cool. going to map the set out. And so we're both like in production, yeah. you know, but we're on different roles and they're complementary roles. Mm. Wow. Cool. So I'll, I will say one more thing then, um, which would be cool for people to look at, which is what I was saying about um, synastry. And uh, synastry is the idea of, like, looking at how your placements, like, overlaying one chart on another chart and seeing how the qualities in one person are impacting or influencing um, another person. The, uh, The notion that south node placements are, like, a way to look at past lives. If the idea is that South Node is stuff that happened in your past lives and you have another person, whoever, a friend or partner, and they have planets that are on top of your South Node, then they were representing the ar- those archetypes in your life. So let's say it's like my Mars, right? If my Mars is on your um, South Node, that means that like in a past life, I was embodying the archetype of the Mars energy to you. Oh, I got you. Okay. And then that could be bad, good or bad, you know? Whoa. You can look at, do I have any past life connections with people? If you feel like there's people in your life that are like, I feel this really intense thing. Yeah. Well, you could be like, hey, maybe we had some past life stuff. And it's not always their sun. It could be any aspect it could be of them. Any, it could be any planet, anything. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, something when, I remember when you first told me about North and South Node and something that struck me was like, it's one of the aspects of astrology that almost seems like, um, that kind of stereotype of horoscope in a way of oh, like yeah. kind of telling the future or, de- yeah, or like yeah, yeah. destiny or mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. whole concept of like mm-hmm. being able to predict, mm-hmm. especially the North Node, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting concept because the other signs, when I think of like the three important ones that everyone always asks are the mm-hmm. sun, the moon, and the rising. Yeah. And those are really just saying like these are parts of your personality. Right. Whereas the North and South Node, it seems, North especially, is like... Yeah this is a prediction almost or some kind of direction that you're moving in life, which is really different to me. It's more like this is the progression of your soul. I almost feel like I'd rather know people's north and south. There you go. Yeah. Then there's sun, moon and rising. Hell yeah. That's cool. I mean, it doesn't really say that much, I guess, because it's not very specific, but it's interesting when you meet someone to be like, what is your North and South mm-hmm. node? And, mm-hmm. and to feel into what that yeah. means for the arc of their life, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just trying to think of all the different combinations. Cause you could do, yeah. Like yeah. Leo Aquarius, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. And what is that? And especially if it's switched, if it's Aquarius Leo mm-hmm. and trying to think about what does that mean and how would that look in someone's life? Another thing I heard recently that is helpful is um, you can, because we're old enough, we're, you know, over 36, we can think back to what happened the last time the nodes were in these places. What were you doing in your life? What what was coming up for you? What was the feelings? You know, when you were 18 to 19, what were you going through? What do you remember as the Ooh. themes of that time? Whoa. And how are we in some ways revisiting those? Do you see that chilling? It's out? like, yeah, it's like the <laughs> it's like the spiral, right? Like you're coming yeah. back, but you're a little bit farther forward, so you're not exactly in the same place, but you're like going through that same kind of energy. Mm. 
Yeah, that was not a great feeling, I gotta say, when I heard that recently. Because I'm like, when I was 18, oh, that was a really hard time for me. Yeah. I was, like, just getting out of my home environment that was, like, super toxic and, like... Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking too, that's like when Very we all, when, that's when everyone is going through a huge, usually some kind of huge upheaval, at least, yeah. at least in some ways, whether yeah. it's like moving out of their parents' house or going to college or right. whatever. So, and, and also that's true, 18 is, yeah, it's a pivotal time because of school, but it's also a return of when you were just born in the first year and a half of your life mm-hmm. of like reorienting to the world and figuring out what's important thing yeah so now we're doing it again a third time i guess that's what's so <laughs> interesting about astrology is this is just one tiny aspect it's like there's so the north and south node there's the sun the moon there's every planet Dude. there's all of these different aspects that are all on different cycles you know yeah. that was what was really striking me is like the sun yeah. is once a year we all know that mm-hmm but then, and that's why you have a birthday once a year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you actually have a moon birthday one, yeah. you know, once a month. Moon, moon and birthday. you have a Saturn birthday every yeah. 30 years or whatever. Right. So it's yeah. interesting to think about the cycles that we're in. And right. There's so many layered upon each other. It's like, oh, that's my brain. It kind of makes me think of, like, those old, like, the first astronomers and the models that they made to, like, understand how everything is orbiting. Before, it was even crazier before they realized that the Earth wasn't at the center. And they just had, like, <laughs> these super intricate, complicated, like... like we don't know how this is working. Ellipses on ellipses yeah. or circles on circles. Like, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That's kind of like that. All right, well, thanks for chatting with me about North and South Node. I hope everyone learned some things. All right, say bye, Angela. (laughs) Bye, Angela. Thank you for listening to Embodied Curiosity. I hope you picked up some valuable insights to inspire you to stay curious and embodied.